What's up, everybody? You know who it is. Sultan of Strangles, a.k.a. the Kimura King, a.k.a. the Ayatollah of Angolox. Um, I have been doing mostly these podcasts solo because I've had a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about. But we are going to be doing, um, you know, Joe Rogan type podcasts going forward. I'm still going to give you the solo ones, but I'm also going to have guests on. Uh, I will have Tom DeBlas on next week to talk about how to run a successful gym. So you guys should definitely be excited about that. But we have a special guest tonight. He is the Hebrew Hammer. He is the light of the Star of David of Henzo Gracie Academy. I have trained with him. He is world class. He has won many championships and is very famous. His name is Frank Rosenthal. Uh, I'm going to be calling him in really soon. Just to give you a brief overview on who he is, he's a senior member. I I think he's either a junior or a senior of the squad. He is a black belt under John Danaher and Doug, I believe last name is pronounced Palenkovic. Uh, Doug is one of the guys at our gym who isn't too well known, but literally smokes world champions. Uh, So super respected guy. And Frank has helped me a lot throughout my jujitsu journey. Um especially with my leg locks. The guy is a genius with leg locks. Um, But, you know, I don't want this podcast to be one of those boring-ass jujitsu podcasts where, oh, well, they train three times a day. We are going to go more into the personality of jujitsu athletes. And Frank is a wild, wild boy. So today, we are going to talk about some crazy shit. Um, for those of you who are avid listeners, make sure to ask me questions on my Instagram, which is K-O-O-L-R-A-K. Don't forget to follow the podcast at, at Rambling with Rack. And don't forget to follow my school at Immortals Jiu Jitsu. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and get ready. Yo, Mike. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who do we have here? Michael, it is such a pleasure. My only regret right now is that I can't uh, give you a kiss on both sides of your face. Oh, mashallah. You got to let me introduce you first, buddy. Inshallah. Go ahead. Inshallah. Guys, Sultan of Strangles here. And today we have a special guest. It is the Hebrew Hammer, a.k.a. the Dreidel of Death, a.k.a. (laughs) the Matzah Monster. AKA the Jewish jackhammer. He is a rising star. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about the star of David. His name is Frank Rosenthal. What's up, buddy? Mike, thank you for having me. You are a fucking artist on the microphone. <laughs> You're the fucking man, dude. So, first question for you, buddy. Sure. Um, how would you say, you know, I know you're you're big into competing. And mm-hmm. most competitions are Friday night, Saturday mornings. How does that <laughs> interfere with your faith on Shabbos? Well, I had to get a special written letter from my rabbi. Um, mm. You guys might, you guys might know him. His his name is uh, Nick Rodriguez, and uh, <laughs> you have a Nicky Rod. <laughs> Nicky Rod has been quite some time now, and people might not know that, but pretty much he gave me an exemption that if I need to go handle business on. Friday night or Saturday afternoons that uh, I have the right to do so. Oh my God. That is fucking wild, dude. That is fucking wild. 
Are we, no. Mike, do you happen to know, is Judaism the only religion that prohibits, uh, like, doing anything on Friday night and Saturday? Like, your religion doesn't do that, huh? That's a great, are you, are you eating while podcasting, dude? Yeah, I just got chicken, man. It, it came, like, moments before you called me. I gotta, I gotta do this. Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, my God. I don't want to insult you, but I don't want to insult the chicken either. <laughs> I don't insult the chicken. I'm trying to think. No, no. Um, that's wild. We actually don't have that. And I think Christianity, the only the only thing they have is Fridays. They don't eat meat uh, during Lent and all that. But you guys, and that's you know why you guys. That's why we do what we do. Discipline. That's how it works. You're a man of discipline. I know. I knew you, you would me? appreciate it. Yep. Hello. Hey. Yeah. You. You. Uh. Bro. A second. How's your connection over there? Pretty good. Pretty. I would say strong to quite strong. Interesting. It keeps. It keeps. It says reconnecting, but whatever. So, um, tell me, um. I, I don't want this to be a typical bullshit fucking jujitsu podcast. Oh, how many times do you train a day, bro? Yeah. So I want to know about some fist fights, dude. <laughs> when have you, when have you fought outside the gym? And and tell us all about it. Okay, I only have one story, and it's right when you I know. started. It's right when I started training jujitsu. Um, I was uh, pretty much brand new freshman in college. I think I was it was maybe my first month and uh-huh. we were at a party at this house um and the guy the kid that owned the house liked to uh kind of pick on the freshmen you know hazing stuff like that and uh mm-hmm. i was giving him a hard time back you know if you would talk shit to me or whatever and so he pushed me over a fucking coffee table uh, oh my god yeah like i don't even know if he meant to shove me that hard but he did and then the coffee table was kind of behind me. So I ended up like falling down and I was like, all right, fuck this. So I got up and double legged him and then uh, strangled him unconscious. And I was so freaked out. I was so freaked out that it worked that I didn't know what to do. Cause I'd never put anyone to sleep before. And uh, oh I, was, I was like, shit, I'm like, are they going to throw me in jail? Like, are, is he going to try to shoot me? Like what, like, I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? So I, uh, I bailed. I ran back to the dorms. I ran back to campus and called my dad. And I was like, dad, uh, I just strangled some kid unconscious at a party. He's like, okay, um, go to bed. <laughs> but, uh, so but yeah, luckily the good news is like when you strangle someone unconscious, they wake up and they're fine. Whereas like, mm-hmm. obviously if I had, uh, you know, not that I'm capable of it because I don't train Muay Thai or anything, but if I had like knocked them unconscious, that could have gotten a little bit hairy. Oh, yeah. Then it's assault and you go to fucking jail and all that bullshit. For sure. But uh, can, you do, can you do Papa? Can you do Papa a little favor? How close are you to your phone right now for, for prime audio quality? You want to keep your mouth uh, six inches away from the mic. Should so I put the phone in my it? mouth? Um, you could set the phone six inches in front of you. I like to take like a big protein shake uh-huh. shaker and put my phone on top of that. So it's right at mouth level. You know what? Get a nice clear reception for the fans. Bad idea. I don't have a protein shaker. No one know why. Why? 
I don't take protein. Why? I just don't need it, bro. I'm eating chicken right now. Uh, what, what's your current stack? What are you on as far as uh, injectable? How's this? Uh, can can you hear me now? Um, talk. Uh, let me hear you say some stuff first. Um, I'm, I put so I put the phone on like my speaker, and it's resting on that. Is it too far? That's actually pretty good. That's right. pretty good. All right. Yeah, because I don't want to be one of those fucking episodes where it's all you know scratchy and people are like oh look at this guy so we got to be top tip top professional here best of the best um hell yeah so when you so you when you graduated college and you didn't become an accountant or a jewelry dealer on a scale of 10 to on a scale of one on a scale of 10 to 10 Mm -hmm. how ashamed were your parents uh they i know mike they actually weren't that ashamed whoa i know I think I have the only set of Jewish parents that were uh, fully supportive of me uh, doing jujitsu. That is amazing, dude. Yeah. yeah, I got I got pretty lucky in that regard. What did you What did you graduate with? What degree? Uh, I got a I double majored in health and physical education, and um, okay, yeah. Interesting. So, so after college was, did you start working for, what is it? Bayside immediately? No. So I graduated in 2013. Um, uh-huh. and I, uh, was like looking for teaching jobs for, I don't know, maybe, maybe six months. Um, and I was just like substitute teaching and, uh, uh-huh. and then I got, uh, a teaching job. It was like a leave replacement where I was going to fill in for this uh, teacher who was out on maternity leave. So I took it. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, during that time, like it was kind of, I, I didn't really think I wanted to do it, but I, I figured, Hey, like, let me at least give it a try before deciding that I don't. And uh, uh-huh. I pretty much, you know, that year went okay, but I didn't love it. And I wanted to quit. But to be honest, dude, I didn't think I was good enough really to do jujitsu full time. Uh, Holy shit. And it wasn't until um, a couple years later that, uh, yeah, I, I went out and um, like started winning some tournaments and like doing well on the local scene and then made the, the, the move to switch to, to being a grappler full time. That's amazing. So what? What tournament or super fight did you win that really put you on the map to the point where you, you could start training full time? I think it was uh, I would say it was like on it eight. Um, it was the on invitational eight out in Texas. And like I had seen Gordon like I remember when Gordon won it when he was a brown belt. Then I remember like, you know, Ethan doing it and JC doing it and and like all these kind of these guys that all won this tournament that kind of went on to, to be pretty successful. And so I think I was, uh, I was still a Brown belt and I got invited to do that. I was when I was like, okay, like, I think I'm good enough to do this full time or at least, uh, make a run at, you know, doing it training full time. So that was kind of the turning point for me. That's, that's pretty fucking awesome, man. Um, now training with me being that, you know, you've won some big tournaments, uh, as far as the best in the world, how high or, you know, obviously the highest level would you say? I You know, it's funny. I would say like training with you kind of brings me back to uh, 
like back down to earth a little bit. I would say like, it's, it's a humble, it's a tool that like humbles you because I feel like no matter what tournaments we all win, whether it's, you know, on it, Kasai, the guys that have won ADCC, they roll with you. And then they remember that they're just another guy. And that, uh, you know, there's always somebody bigger and stronger on the block. And uh, <laughs> I would say like your biggest value on the team is that you bring guys back down a little bit, you know, you, you kind of knock them off that pedestal so they don't get too overconfident or too, uh, too high up on themselves. Exactly, man. I care about you guys. So when I see someone that's, that thinks they're on top of the world, I have to give them a little piece of humble pie. I love you know? it. Uh, rack daddy, rack daddy has to give, you know, a piece of the humble pie. And, um, sometimes the Sultan has to show his strength, you know? So it's not, it's not good all the time. You know, sometimes it gets heated, but it's only because I care. You Listen, know? tough love is sometimes not the, the most uh, pleasant thing, but it's sometimes needed. Yes, yes, exactly. So the, the next um, thing I want to talk about are some crazy mm -hmm. stories. I'm not going to bring any up because, you know, I don't want to burst. I don't want to you know blow your cover. The ones that you think are appropriate for the public or the podcast mm -hmm. out of the ones you told me i was thinking maybe we talk about some of sure that so uh i had a an incident happen one time and i'm gonna go ahead and assume that your listeners know how a uh massage parlor works so i don't need to explain the the dynamics of of what was not there. <laughs> I, did, I did not think you were gonna I'm gonna go ahead and assume that they already kind of know you know the spiel. So <laughs> so I'm I'm in Queens, right? I'm uh this is a few years ago, right? Right around when I started teaching at, at Bayside. So I'm pretty sore. You know what we do all day. We're athletes, we're moving we're moving <laughs> others' bodies around. And sometimes you get sore, you need a massage. So I go to this massage parlor and lucky for me, um, they're open pretty late. So I'm able to go after I'm done training and teaching for the night. So it's about 11 o'clock uh -huh. and I roll up and, uh, you know, typical, typical procedure takes place. You, you pay, you get undressed, you get on the table, uh, you agree to a, you know, they ask you, do you want 30 minutes or an hour massage? I usually get the 30 minute one. I got shit to do. So we get done with the massage and everything's going well. And then she, uh, she wants her tip. Now, typically they, they want their tip after, you know, uh, you're finished, but this one wanted to, I guess, ensure that I was going to pay the tip that was agreed upon. So I go, okay, no problem. So I get up and I go to my, my peacoat and I'm, I'm looking for my wallet and I'm like, my wallet, my wallet's not in here. It must be in my pants. So I look in my pants. It's not there either. I look in my shoe. I look under the table. I look fucking everywhere. And my wallet is, it's not there. It's gone. So I'm uh -huh. looking at the, the masseuse, we'll call her. Um, and then I'm looking at, I'm looking around. I'm like, this fucking bitch stole my wallet. Like I'm getting scammed right now. What the fuck? So I'm standing there and I'm like, am I about to fight a masseuse while I'm naked? <laughs> am I about to like 
beat up this masseuse while I'm fucking naked. And then I go a step further and I say, I'm like, you can't do that moron. Like, cause sure enough, there's gotta be some guy that's like waiting in the massage parlor that works there that overlooks the place. Cause most of those joints are run by, you know, mafia guys or whatever, who's probably, who's probably got a piece on them. So I'm like, fuck, I'm like, all right, you can't make a scene. You can't get volatile. Um, but at the same time, I need my fucking wallet, dude. I need my ID. I need my, I need all my shit. So I'm like, who can I call? I'm like, should I call my, my dad? I'm like, no, that might be a weird one to explain. And plus my parents live at this point. I didn't live in New York city. So my parents live like 45, 50 minutes away. I'm like, should I, I'm like, should I call Doug? Nah, I can't call Doug. Like he, he lives, you know, kind of far away too. I didn't know Mike Rockshawn at the time. Otherwise, I would have called him. Oh, I would have barred. I know you would have. But so, long story short, so I'm I'm yelling back and forth with back and forth with this woman while I'm naked and standing and I'm sweating and I'm pissed off. All of a sudden, it dawns on me to check the inner coat pocket of my uh, of my jacket, and sure enough, the wallet's in there. Now here, oh now here's God. where the problem lies. See, that wasn't the problem. The problem was, now I'm saying to myself, how do I get this masseuse to, you know, finish what we started here? (laughs) I'm like, I just berated this woman while I'm naked for almost 10 minutes. And now I, I need, you know, we might as well finish what we started. So I calmly lied back down on the table and, uh, expressed that I had made a mistake and, uh, and that uh-huh. I was sorry. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, I had to, I had to eat my words. Uh-huh. So, so what happened after that? Well, I'll say that we finished the massage as scheduled and uh-huh. I paid her, her, uh, her tip. And then I, I left and I thought to myself like, fuck, I can never come back here again. Oh my! Like I'm gonna get God. blacklisted. That is fucking. Have amazing. you have you ever <laughs> lost your wallet while you were uh, trying to negotiate? Um, I I let's see what happened. Um, I I have not, but I also have a funny massage story for you. I um. I was in Iran, right? And like for a woman to massage you is just straight up illegal. You do like jail time for that because it's a theocracy. So, you know, uh, this guy shows me this picture of this beautiful woman who's going to be coming in. Um, I'm like, all right, this is awesome. So I, you know, get undressed and get ready for this fucking hot model looking chick to come give me a massage. It is this big, fat, burly country girl with the most calloused strong hands i've ever felt in my life it was it was disgusting but the massage was <laughs> out of this world it was like a fucking power lifter massaging you she definitely got deep i bet deep she did you on me yeah and uh as for the ending of the massage i'm just gonna plead yeah the fifth. i'm doing the same <laughs> i'm gonna do the same I don't want to uh, incriminate anyone on my side or their side. <laughs> yep. So, um, you know, all of Henzo's knows that you are quite the ladies' man, and um, your list is quite expansive. 
So, uh, you know, I heard you got some crazy ex mm. stories that you could share today with the with Yeah, the so uh, my favorite one of all is, again, when I was in college, I think I was maybe a junior, and my friends and I lived in a house off campus. So one night we decided to throw a party, and uh, the girl I was kind of hooking up with at the time um, was out somewhere else. Like she went to the bars or to a different party, whatever. And the plan was for her to meet up with me later on. So during the party, I'm doing my mm-hmm. thing. I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm just having such a good time that I don't really want to leave, you know, the, the party to like hang out with this girl. And even if she comes, I don't want to like <laughs> divide my attention between her and my friends because we're having a great time. We're playing beer pong. We're doing what college kids do. So I don't Uh think anything of it. I don't really text her or call her. And the party kind of comes to an end around, you know, two 30, three in the morning. And we all go to bed. Now I told my roommate, Eddie, I said, Eddie, please make sure you close the garage because Eddie always forgot to fucking close it. No, no problem, dude. I got it. Meanwhile, Eddie can't even see straight. He doesn't know his own birthday because he's so fucked up. So I go to bed. Uh-huh. I wake up to 17 missed calls on my phone. Yeah. And no. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And 17 missed calls all from this girl. So so I, I look at the phone. I put it back down. I'm like, fuck this. I go back to bed. All of a sudden, I don't know how long it was after I put the phone back down because I, I fell asleep. You lose track of time. I hear I – hear, <laughs> someone opening the garage door not the not the garage itself but like the door that you go in the garage and then the door that leads you into the house i hear the door open uh-huh. i hear it slam shut and then i hear foot like footsteps through the kitchen then i hear footsteps up uh, down to the bottom of the steps like they're about to come upstairs and i'm laying in bed and i'm drunk and i'm i, I just woke up and i'm thinking we're being fucking robbed. I'm like, we are, uh-huh. this is a home invasion. So. What neighborhood is this in? Where, where'd you this is in what East Stroudsburg. Is this? So okay, Stroudsburg, okay. Okay. So it is East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. There. Well, there's good areas and there's bad. We actually lived in a good area, but right around and there, there had been okay. a bunch of um, like break-ins uh, that year and like actually my car got broken into earlier in the year so even though we lived in a in a good neighborhood totally like uh impossible that it could be a a break-in because like it had happened to my car while my car was in the driveway so why not come in so i had the clock which is so all of a sudden i hear stomping up the steps she fucking slams my door open. I think it's an, uh, a, a robber. So I just tackled them onto the bed. And then I realized, yeah. no. and, then, <laughs> and then I realized it was her. And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? What are you doing? And she's like, you didn't pick up my fucking calls. You're such an asshole. And I'm like, I dude, I'm ready to have a heart attack. So luckily, uh, my roommates helped me escort her out of the house because she didn't want to leave. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we booted her and locked the door and then went back to bed. Oh, my so the moral God. of the story, the moral of the wild. story is always, and I mean, always fucking hide in the closet because they can't see you 
if they decide to come in your room, you can blindside them. That is genius, dude. That is fucking It's martial genius. arts, like, but beyond. It's black belt level shit, bro. All purple belts. We don't, we're not at that level yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I was only a purple belt at the time, that but is... my mind, I think, was at a black belt. Uh-huh. At a black belt level, hundred percent. My Holy body was shit. a purple belt, but my my soul was definitely a black belt. <laughs> of course. So I have been um I've been running my own gym now for it, it's gonna be a month in two days. <clears throat> Thanks, man. And um, in this time, I learn I've learned a lot of things, like you know how to read a class before you teach a technique, um, uh, you know, how to organize a class. And then that a lot of human beings on earth are completely insane. And some of your students are going to be completely fucking crazy and that you have to learn how to deal with that. So I would imagine in the long time you've been teaching, you you'll, you would have some pretty crazy stories about students in the gym and whatnot. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been teaching since, uh, since I'm a blue belt. So I quickly had the same realization that you just described to me. Like <laughs> I remember I remember that epiphany when I was like, "Oh, this is has almost nothing about nothing to do with teaching jiu-jitsu. It's more like it's more like yes. managing a psych ward on a on a on a yes. nightly basis and you never know who's going to come in, like you never know what's going to happen." Oh my God. It's literally one of my favorite things. uh, So when I was training at my first school, uh, it was a Henzo Gracie affiliate school where we're training and uh, it's like open mat, you know, after class. So everybody's like rolling hard. Like we're getting, I think I was getting ready for like, you know, I used to compete in the gi. So I'm like, I got my gi on, I'm doing my thing, whatever. And some guy just opens the door. Now, when you come in the Academy, the old academy where I was at, there was no like lobby. There was no like general hallway that you would walk down before you got to the matted area. Like you open the door and you're pretty much on the mat. You know what I mean? So this guy opens the door and we all look up and we're like at the same time, like you could hear a record scratch. We're like, the fuck is this guy doing? He's like, guys, guys. And we're all like, fuck, like maybe, maybe someone's blocking his car in, maybe somebody, you know, hit his car. I don't know what's going on, but I kind of have to deal with it because I'm running, you know, the open mat. He's like, guys, guys, listen, listen, I got my truck outside. Okay. (laughs) And I'm thinking he's going to say someone fucked it up. He's like, I got T-bone steaks. I got shell steaks. I got ribeye, real cheap. I got pork loin. I got, and he starts listing the different types of meats that he's trying to sell us. And I'm like, sir, I assure you that nobody here is here to buy meat. Nobody, nobody buys their meat where they also go for their jujitsu or vice versa. I'm like, so I, I like kindly showed him the door, but I mean, I give the guy credit for trying, but I, I just. In all my years of training, I've never been propositioned to buy meat in the middle of an open mat while I'm trying to like barambolo someone. That is fucking amazing. Oh you you have your that own is- stories, as I'm sure you already do. Has anything crazy happened yet? Um, we 
we have we have this guy um he's by far my favorite student ever and also my favorite uh my first student his name is jim he he takes uh a thousand milligrams of testosterone a week so he's completely he takes a thousand milligrams of testosterone a week so he's a normal dude but that's the amount of like an elite level bodybuilder (laughs) should be taking and um he he bangs he bangs uh pre-op trannies in the back of his job which is romantic depot so this guy is like a literal he's yeah. a living legend um and he's also completely psychotic so he like someone will get in like a mount on him and and he'll feel so uh smothered that he'll fucking kind of like punch them off or like throw them off and he's like you know when I get into that fight or flight mode, it's just the boxing training comes back, bro. The boxing training comes back. <laughs> I'm like, dude, dude, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. So I just have him lifting with, um, <clears throat> I have him lifting with, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I have him training with only upper belts and like, um, this is the weirdest conversation I ever had with someone. It was a little weird. But uh, he would come in and just smell like human shit, like like actual human shit. And I said, hey, man, um, what's going on? Do you work in like a, like a junkyard? What's going on? He's like, no. Nah. I'm like, you know, a couple of people complain. You kind of kind of smell like human shit, man. Like, do you think you could shower before class? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I mean, I shower in the morning. I'm like, well, maybe shower before class, too. And he got so offended that he never showed what? up again. So your most, prom- your most promising yeah, student, the man that could have been your protege, just vanished. Yeah. So the Jim's life wasn't the human shit guy. The Jim's life is still there. The human shit oh. guy was another guy. Okay. I guess he got offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jim's life is a clean. Is a clean uh, okay. So you lost your second most promising student. That's not so bad then. Yeah. Exactly. And um, here on my little list of questions, um, every jujitsu athlete has that one fucking story, the break story. Ethan has the ADCC trials, one that's famous. I wanted to ask you, what is your devastating, most devastating or crazy jujitsu break that you've had in competition? So my my most notable break happened at a super fight when I was... I think I was either at the end of purple belt or beginning of brown belt. And it was actually right when I met Placido um, because the event was Uh in the town, like around where Placido lives in Massachusetts. So me and Vinny, uh, it was like, you know, the promotion got us a hotel we could stay in. And uh, it was like a very small show and we go out there. We're going to do this super fight. So Vinny comes to corner me. So, in the opening, I don't know, 45 seconds of the match, I get to an inverted heel hook. We start rolling as I'm applying the break. Now, whenever people are rolling, when you apply a break, it's never going to – you can break people, but it's not going to be as strong as if you can keep them static and then work through the break You know that way. So we're rolling across the mat uh-huh. as I'm putting on this inverted heel hook, and I just hear ripping and cracking and tearing. And we finally get out of bounds. I'm like, okay, no problem. 
we both get up and he's limping back to the mat. He, his leg is already shot from the first heel hook I put on. So I'm like, all right, we're going to, we're going to try to attack the same leg. So I get back into the same, uh, inside Ashigurami. I attack the same foot. It's racking. And now the ankle pretty much like separating. I look up oh. at Vin and I'm like, yo, dude, I don't know what to do here. Like I, I I'm putting everything I have into this and, uh, he's just eating it. He looks up and he just starts breathing through his nose like uh like he's doing Lamaze exercises or some trees like <laughs> and he's breathing through the break. So I'm getting tired trying to break this guy's leg and he's just breathing through it. So I'm like <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. So the round ends because it, it wasn't like a, a 10 minute thing. It was like broken up into three, you know, three fives or whatever it was. So I come back to the corner, I'm like, then I don't know what else to fucking do. Like that's as hard as I can heel hook somebody. Like, I, I don't know what else to do. And we're like, well, maybe we should just go after the other leg. So we come back out for round two and the same exact thing happens. I slap on a heel hook and I'm ripping through it. I hear crack pop rip. And he's just, he's just breathing through my shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So five heel hooks later, I finally get him to tap. And, uh, he like, he like literally wasn't able to walk off the mat. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Now you have to remember, it's not like we're fighting for a world championship. We're not fighting for a cash prize. I'm like a purple belt doing a super fight in front of 12 people in, in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. <laughs> and now I'm just smoking this kid, like both of this kid's <laughs> legs. And this kid was just like holding out, trying to tough it out for no reason. And I'm like, I could understand if there was like something important on the line, you know what I mean? Like, and you're winning, you let your shit break. Like, I get that. But it just didn't add up to me. And to this day, like we talk about it, I'm like, I wonder what that guy's up to now. I wonder wonder if he still trains. I wonder if he taps. Like, I don't, I just wonder what, how do you, how do you come back from that? No way. He does, definitely doesn't train anymore. You yeah. retired. I mean, to do it. it was by far. It was bad. Not. It was bad. So not only wild. because of how deep the heel hook was, but there was just multiple. Oh my yeah, god, man. that's terrifying. And honestly, I didn't feel like good about it. Like I don't. I don't really like hurting people. Like I. I love winning, but I don't want to see people like, get fucked up. You know. Uh huh. Same here, dude. Like, um, I remember the first time I broke a guy's leg, um, I heel hooked them. I it it, it sounded like Velcro, yeah. yep. fascinating. Like, and then I hesitated. I hesitated because I was still, you know, new back then to heel hooks. And I'm, I hesitated. I'm like, <gasps> like I was so shocked that I just hurt this guy. And then he escapes out of it. And then, um. He fucking um, calf slicers oh, me, boy. pops my knee out of place, and I still, I still, still suffering from that. So a good, a good piece of advice to the listeners is: uh, do not hesitate to kill, do not hesitate to break, do not hesitate to do anything. I to think win. we should. I you think we should put that on a no t-shirt. Or. <laughs> that would be such dude that would be a great fucking t-shirt 
<laughs> Yo, I should do that. Immortals Jujitsu. Do not hesitate. <laughs> yeah, to win. it's like that the Cobra Kai video. mantra, but just so much better. Just so I love much it. better and less catchy. <laughs> so fucking awesome. Well, um, my uh, I, I I like to keep my podcast at around half an hour because most of my listeners are on um, mm. the retarded spectrum. And they can't be doing Joe yeah, Rogan. I think I'm on the same podcasts. So, do you have any? Yeah, do you have any closing words? Where can they find you? What's your Instagram? What's your Facebook? What is your my address number? and social security number are? Get a pen, write this. Down. No, so uh, I'm on I'm on Instagram at Frank Rosenthal Eleven, and uh, if you want to find me, other than that, you can find me in Mike Rockshawn's house, cooking up. Uh, Bacon, dolphin, bacon, dolphin, orca whale, and whatever else, whatever other kind of meat we can get our hands on. Because we're trying to get this protein in. And, uh, you know, we're trying to. Bacon. Hey, hey, Frankie, you told me when you're moving out of the house, you were going to stay kosher. Is that? Come on, Frankie. I do get get the marriage question all the time. That's nonstop. Yeah, dude, you gotta get well, married soon. But make sure she's one of the chosen people, not one, one day at a time, poems. Mike. One day at a time. <laughs> All right, man. So it was awesome. Uh, looking forward to training with you when you're back at RGA. Mashallah. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, guys. Hope you liked the episode. Please make sure to. Go to my website, which is under construction, sultanofstrangles.com. I will have it done by the end of the week. Make sure to visit my Instagram at K-O-O-L-R-A-K. Visit my school's page at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu. If you live in the North Jersey area and you want to learn self-defense, want to get in shape or compete, you better get your ass over to Immortals Jiu-Jitsu where I train fighters, uh, Jiu-Jitsu competitors, everybody. Come get your life changed. And last but not least, follow the podcast at at Rambling with Rack. Hope you guys have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for listening. And I cannot begin to tell you how thankful I am for you guys. I'm getting messages daily from people wild, not just in America, all over the world, especially in Australia. For some reason, I have a huge fan base there. And The motivation you guys give me really helps me wake up in the morning and hit the ground running. I'm very happy I motivate you guys. And remember, you could do everything, anything you put your mind to if you're realistic, aka not like that piece of shit Gary V. You got to be realistic. Not everyone's daddy's going to give them $3 million. All right, guys. Love you guys and good night.